Hello, we are the Bluecast. I'm Rob. I'm Ewan. I'm James. And why are we called Bluecast? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm always going to say that like Megatron. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're never going to get past the Megatron voice at this point. Like it's always just going to be yes. Yeah. Um, we, maybe we should just use that as the yes from now on. It's just it's just the well, there's Megatron. plenty to select from from that show. There's like different yeses in every episode. Oh yeah, he, he, he made he made sure there was a variety. Like yeah. you, you, you will have heard the word yes at some point whilst watching Beast Wars. And then when we run out, we'll just have to scour Beast Machines for any times he says yes. <laughs> like we'll, we'll just keep going. We'll we'll lobby um, Mainframe to make a new Beast Wars season just so we can keep using different varieties of yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't get them to do that because um, it'll be like that shitty reboot one they did a couple of years ago. Oh no, please oh, God, no. no. <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about X Men. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we're talking about the X Men movies specifically, the ones that came out in the. Uh, 2000s? Yeah, I don't know when. It was like the mid 2000s, I want to say. 1999. Yeah, so, no, first one came out in 2000. Okay. Yeah. And so this is the original, like, kind of X-Men movie franchise before the MCU. It's the first, I want to say it's the first time we've seen a superhero uh, team established in the form of a a movie. We haven't seen uh, Justice League or Super Friends or anything like that. It was kind of, yeah, it was the first kind of big superhero team up. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was also the first kind of, like... Move that kicks off like the superhero boom because that, I mean, we had Blade in 1998. Mm-hmm. So, because this movie it really kicks off because until before then we had movies like Batman and Robin and um, Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, well, so, we, yeah, we had Superman originally in the 70s and then it kind of, you know, you had the occasional superhero film. But yeah, it was kind of Blade and X Men were the ones that really got the ball rolling because then you had Spider Man a year later. Oh yeah, or a, or a and we also ago. had Batman as well a couple of times as well. Oh yeah, with yeah. Batman Begins in two thousand and four, I think two thousand three. Yeah. Batman Begins was two thousand five. Yeah. Oh really? Oh wow, I didn't realize it was that late. Um, and do you know what the first? I think this is the first Marvel film that ever came out. The first Marvel mm. film properly to come out in theaters was. Howard the Duck, I think it was, oh, by George, oh, by George yeah. Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful. I love that. Yeah, there were a bunch of, like, aborted attempts at Marvel <laughs> oh, no. films over like, the years. My favourite is the Fantastic Four film that was only made so the, this company could keep the rights to Fantastic Four, and they never intended to release it, so it was never released. You know what the... Do you know what the hilarious thing about that movie is? It's it's still arguably better than any other attempt at a Fantastic Four film. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I will stand by this opinion. Check out the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, 1990 or whatever it is, and I will adamantly argue it's more like wholesome and fun than any other Fantastic Four film. Is it like so, doesn't it have nothing to do with the comics though? It's like its own thing almost. Um, no, it it, it like follows the same basic story uh, okay. that every Fantastic Four film follows because apparently we can never get past their stupid origin story. <laughs> um, you know, like they should have just gone. Okay, the Roger Corman movie did Fantastic Four. Uh, the origin. We can yeah. we can do adventures from there. But, but yeah, this is about the X Men. This is trying to bring it back to X Men. Yes. One of the re- reasons I think I think I read this somewhere. For how true it was. Apparently, Stan Lee he got more 
board of like um, coming up with different ways for these superheroes to get their powers, and he's like, fuck it, they were just born with their powers. They're <laughs> used yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a video of Stan Lee floating around somewhere where he's just like, I'm not a scientific guy, but you know, Marvel Comics is more intelligent than DC because, like, you know, we got surfboards for the Silver Surfer, that's completely scientific. And, you know, the mutants, they're born with their abilities, you know, and the Fantastic Four, they just went into space and got their powers. And Thor's hammer, you know, that doesn't make him fly. He throws the hammer and he goes with it. When Superman flies, he has no visible means of locomotion. You might wonder, how is he flying? He's just like this, lying on the, in the air and he's flying. Not us. At Marvel, we're scientific. I wanted Thor to fly. So he has that hammer. I had him swing it around as fast as a propeller. Then he lets go. Now it's attached to his wrist. So when the hammer goes shooting off into space, it takes him with him with it. That's how he flies. Incontrovertible scientific fact. And that's the difference between us and the competition. Completely scientific. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stanley so much. He's the one. Yeah, he's, was he's probably a terrible impression of him, but he was. He was a legend. He was a, he was a living legend. Even though I personally prefer DC, in terms of the universe, like I mean, Marvel does the better movies. Mm. But I think overall DC, I think I prefer DC's universe. But I still think Stanley was a living legend. 100%. I think one of the reasons why we're kind of touching on X-Men is that, like, for all of its ups and downs as a film series, like, it's a really great superhero series, I guess. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it has all the things you kind of want in a superhero film. It's, it's all there. And mm. the best part is, as you said, they skip over all the boring origins stuff so we can actually get straight to the adventure, you mm. know, like, which, like, you know, I'm not saying every origin film is, is boring, but it's like, it's like a Spider-Man film where you have Uncle Ben getting shot or Batman and his parents getting shot. It's like, yes, we know, we know that this happens. Can we move on, please? Yeah. <laughs> so that is one thing I like about that first X-Men film is it slowly, slowly introduces you to the world and introduces concepts like the mutants and we see yeah. everything through like the eyes of Wolverine and Rogue as like they as, and they kind of bring us into the universe when we get to like yeah. the and Resurrects explains everything so I was thinking about that um what's really cool about Rogue and Wolverine is that they are outsiders within the mutant community so not only are mutants a bunch of weirdos that are outside of the social norm then you have this immortal knife man <laughs> and yeah. this girl, that, this black widow girl that if you touch, you die. You know, like, they are the weirdest out of everyone else. Like, you know, you think, okay, telepaths, telekinetic people, a guy who can freeze things. It's like, okay, can they stab knives out of their fists because <laughs> that's what Wolverine can do, you know. One of the reasons why they've got a, a lot of mileage out of Wolverine specifically is because, yeah, he's like, a, you know, almost like a cowboy in that yeah. he kind of come, comes in out in and out of like other people's adventures. You know, he's kind of the 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 top trump that you pull at, pull at the end to like win the game or something. You know, we like to talk about how we um, did, like kind of um, like discovered these like the things we talk about. So yeah. yes. shall we discuss like, how we discovered these movies? So oh, who wow. wants to go first? 
Um, I want to say my first experience of X-Men was actually X-Men 2. And I want to say it was on TV. I cannot remember when, because I, I saw I saw X-Men fairly early on. So it, it's, it's really blurred in my mind now when I saw it. But uh, I want to say I caught the opening scene of X-Men 2 when you had Nightcrawler jumping around the White House. beating up all the, the White House guards. Arguably the coolest moment I do love that meme. this entire yeah. series when they've got Mozart's DSE Ray playing. Like, it's so great. Did we watch that film together recently? Like this I, I think I I think I might have just, like, linked that scene to you guys multiple times to uh, make sure okay. you'd seen it. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> good I was scene. Like, I was like, guys, have you seen the scene? It's really awesome. Uh, and I've, I think it's always been burned into my brain ever since as like, yeah, I like X-Men and it's because of this scene. So yeah. that, that, that's my, my X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay. So now I'll go on to it. So I have vague memories of the first one coming out around 2000. I was about, I think I was about six or I think coming up to seven by the time it came out. But I remember I couldn't see it because this, um, I, it was 12, and this is before a 12A, so under 12s couldn't go and see it. Mm. But I definitely remember, I remember more of X-Men 2 coming out. Yeah. Because um, I remember seeing pictures of it in a film magazine that my dad bought, I think because he had Lord of the Rings on the cover. And then um, I remember going into Woolworths one day, again, tying back to our last episode. Mm. Um, and I remember seeing the action figures in Woolworths. I remember seeing a figure of Cyclops and thinking, wow, this Cyclops guy looks so cool. Hmm. I, I really, I really wanted to see it. I don't, I, I, for some reason, I don't know why. I didn't get around seeing any of it till Christmas 2004. It was shown on Sky TV. I remember me and my siblings were watching with my dad, and we were enjoying it. I think we got up to I think part where Wolverine and like Iceman and Rogue escaped the mansion, and then I think Wolverine said shit. My dad made us turn it off. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But then I, saw, then I saw X-Men The Last Stand at the cinema, and at the time I enjoyed it. We'll get more of that later. <laughs> and then I finally saw the first two in fall, I think around late 2009. I was about 16, and my family, we just got a new Blu-ray player, and it came bundled with loads of Blu-rays. One of the, oh, the, the Blu-rays that we got bundled with was a box set of the, what was at the time, the X-Men trilogy. Yeah. I remember watching the first two and falling in love with them, and I remember kind of enjoying the third one. Thinking, oh, it's not that bad, but oh, oh boy. boy, how things change oh, in like yeah. 10 years. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I think I, I just didn't rate it when I first saw it. But anyway, uh, James. Yes. What's your, your knowledge or your, your origins with, with X-Men? I think honestly, I was probably as young as about 12, maybe 10. And like I, I was walking around in the, the living room and my mum was just watching TV and X-Men was on and it's the final mm. scene of the first X-Men movie where you know like there's that weird frog mutant or mm. the, the shape yeah Toad and also the shapeshifter Mystique uh, was changed into um, the one that spouts thunder from her hand I've got a name now Storm Storm 
Thank you. So, <laughs> so it's not going to be a great commentary. <laughs> just James going. Oh, What's yeah, someone that has knives going at his end? I mean, to be fair, in that first movie, those characters you mentioned don't really do anything. No, no really but don't. but what happens is I, I remember I remember seeing that bit where Mystique gets like cut by Wolverine. I thought, ugh, when I was like ten or twelve. But then years later, like when I was about sixteen or something like that, I watched um, First Class in cinemas, and that was really good. I thought, oh wow, this is really cool. And I thought it was part of the MCU at the time, and it turns out it wasn't. So I was just really confused. Um, that's, that's literally just my early memories of it. I only watched the whole shebang, as it were, this year. So that's yeah. that's interesting. I think I only saw uh, First Class. First Class was the first one I saw at the cinema as well. I can't. I think everything else I saw either on TV or you got the DVD for it or whatever. But yeah, so it's, it's yeah, interesting I, that I remember seeing the last end in the cinema. I saw First Class and I remember seeing Days of Future Past in the cinema, but all yeah. the others I never saw. I nearly saw Wolverine in the cinema, but they wouldn't let us in because I was under eighteen, so I couldn't accompany uh, my siblings. So I ended up seeing Coraline instead, which in hindsight was probably the better. Yeah, yeah you you, you dodged the bullet there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine or Coraline Coraline any day oh Coraline's amazing uh, there's no yeah, arguing like, about that yeah. the, only, really cool. the only films I saw in cinemas for the X-Men were Deadpool's uh, First mm. Class The Wolverine and Logan I want to say oh yeah I saw Dead, I saw Deadpool 2 in the cinema oh, and you? funny story about that um I was about, I think this was two years ago, so I would have been 24. I remember I booked my ticket online. I remember I handed the guy my, my, my iPod to get him to scan my QR code for, with the ticket. And he was like, oh, can I see your ID, please? And I was just like, I was a bit confused. I thought, wait, I don't look that young, do I? <laughs> um, um, the, the hilarious thing that with Deadpool for me is that um, I haven't seen Deadpool 2, but my mum has seen Deadpool 2. And Deadpool 1. My mum is the bigger fan of Deadpool. No, that's funny you mentioned that, because my, my mum loves Deadpool as well. <laughs> I don't understand. What, there's something what weird it, about mothers loving Deadpool. I don't understand it. I, I, yeah, I don't understand this. So uh, is it, is it I don't think my mum would be into Deadpool. Is it, <laughs> is it something to do with Ryan Reynolds? It must be. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's maybe the cocky Ryan Reynolds voice and the spandex. So okay, so shall we move on to talking about the... <laughs> Let's move on from this quickly. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably a good idea to talk about each movie sequentially. So let's start at the beginning with the oh first X-Men. Wow. There's a lot of movies to get through, I've just oh. realised. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's no, a, lot the, of ups, a lot of downs, but... The, but the first film, yeah, it really does... Guests get the ball rolling. Like it introduces a lot of characters. Good night, uh, yeah. Doesn't it? It yeah. starts off in the like Auschwitz, right? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love that. that was you know, why I like that is it gives us context why Magneto is the way he is because obviously he lived through the Holocaust as a Jewish kid, yeah. and now he's grown up to see like a mutant being kind of like talked about in the same manner. So obviously yeah. he's going to think fuck that, I'm going to make sure this does not happen again, so we are going to war with humans, humanity is awful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting characterization, which I really love they kind of expanded on in First Class, where they essentially have Magneto Nazi Hunter <laughs> at one point, oh. which is the coolest scene ever. Oh, is that First going, Class? 
Yeah. When he's just going around murdering uh, Nazis with their own Nazi daggers. That is pretty cool, um, that, actually. There's cool music that plays over it as well as he's doing yeah. it. It's like, oh my god. Like, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get onto third class in a bit. We will, we will. But it's just, it's an interesting, yeah, kind of origin story. It's very dark. I don't yeah. know if I'm entirely comfortable with a superhero film starting off in Auschwitz. I don't think yeah. the X-Men movies <laughs> felt like superhero movies. I actually kind of felt a couple of times like, this is not like a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah like, this is what yeah. I thought fortunately the first one, which is, but um, at the same time, Magneto's plan contrasts heavily with like the more serious time they're going for, because it's like, he's got this over-the-top and ridiculous comic book-like plan. Which I love it, though. It's more so silly. silly. <laughs> yeah, but I think it would have worked better if the tone was a bit more serious, because as it is, it's just so over-the-top and comic book-y. But I think that's quite a, quite a nice balance, though, because like, it's very serious at places, but then just out of nowhere, there'll be a spandex joke, or there'll be like Magneto going, like, Charles Xavier, oh, I'm going to take over the world! <laughs> Magneto and, and Charles' relationship is, is definitely the highlight oh, of, yeah. of every film. Like, even, well, even X-Men 3, it's like, you know, as long as those two are in the same room together, it's like, oh, mm. thank God, the scene isn't oh, yeah. going to entirely suck. thing <laughs> <laughs> of these movies is so spot on like they perfect they pretty much perfectly embody the characters although sadly some characters don't get enough to do like Cyclops yeah. who I'm going to bang on about a lot Cyclops yes. in the comics he's like he's like Main the leader of the yeah. so, <laughs> do you know what they needed to do movies, he's just pushed to the back <laughs> yeah they oh, needed yeah. someone to look like Neo so they could match with the time trend or whatever was going on <laughs> there was like, a lot of like movies in the 2000s where people had to wear sunglasses so they're like right this guy has lasers coming out of his eyes let's put some sunglasses yeah, on him. You, you um, he looks cooler with the visor though I love, I love the visor that's what drew me to him when I saw the toy I was like oh this guy looks so cool <laughs> yeah yeah no he, it's, it's, it is strange like especially like getting Halle Berry to play Storm, and she was like an Oscar winner at this point. Like no, in her um, career, Oscar um, Monsters Ball came out after the first X Men. We'll get onto that oh, movie, okay. because they actually added would... more scenes. They added more scenes for her in X Men Two to uh, yeah. accommodate her. Because yeah. so of that's Oscars, that's of the thing Ball. is that she is. So, but she's underused in X Men Two as well. Like <laughs> she's she's not really given. Much of a character ever. Like, at least, you know, at least one of the scene. At least a lot of these characters have one or two actors. Colossus has like friggin' five actors throughout <laughs> the whole franchise. I don't know if he's alive or what he's doing or who he is anymore. Like, he's hanging yeah. out. He's fine. He, he, he's, he's doing his own thing. They changed his also, like like uh, culture like in Deadpool completely. <laughs> it's just like, like what is yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Aesthetically, these movies look. This first one looks great. I particularly like the Brotherhood of Mutants. There, it looks so. Mm. Looks like such a cool place. And I have no idea how they get like pizza deliveries, but yeah, no, it's 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 all. It does look cool. I just wonder, like, do they get food in that? Like, it's just a big cave. <laughs> like, what what are they doing for like for supplies? But yeah, that's another thing. I've noticed. One thing I took issues. Um, Mystique. Um, at one point in the film, Lewis rogue out of Xavier's mansion by pretending to be Bobby slash Iceman, mm. saying, oh yeah, the press is angry with you, you should go away. Yeah. But then, 
Iceman could have walked over at any moment and said, Hey, who are you? Mystique is so awesome. What she would do in that situation is that she would murder Iceman and then just kidnap Rogue. You know, she would be like a plan. She seems like the sort of person who has like a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. You know, like she she would would have it covered. I mean, I wouldn't have minded if there was this that, like, Iceman was kind of, like, tied up in a cupboard somewhere, but no, he's just walking uh, around normally. That, is, that, it, that wait, is his name, uh, is his name Iceman, just stuff. for the record, sorry. Is his name Iceman? Yeah, like, that's his name, yeah. That's his name oh, in the comics, yeah. That is ridiculous. Bo- his name's Bobby, but yeah, oh, right. he is Iceman. So, so they couldn't yeah. find anything creative, they just have to call him Iceman. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd that. Like, I mean, even Frozone, like, got a better name in, in The Incredibles, so it's weird that they couldn't come up with anything better. <laughs> like, I guess, like, Mr. Freeze was already taken? I don't know. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> well, like, Waterman in Spider-Man. Is, I think Waterman oh is... Hydro-Man. 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 Maybe that oh, sounds no. like a better name, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least Pyro sounds kind of cool, but, um, you know, Pyro, it's fine. Like, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's an alright name. Nothing on him. Toad gets a storm with some stupid line in the suit, right? Oh my god, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Storm. What happens if you shock a toad or something like that? <laughs> what, what, happens if a, what happens if a toad is struck by lightning? The same <laughs> thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> but I kind of, look, in a weird way, despite it being terrible, I kind of appreciate that because I don't know. I like dumb shit like that. Like I just kind yeah. of go. It's like this, the bit where he walks through the um, metal detector and it goes off. I'm just like, ah, ah, ah that's so stupid. The, the first film, the first film is full of dumb stuff. As, that's, mu- as, but it's as much as we love it, yeah, as much as we love it, it, it you know, it's dumb. It's yeah. it's it's not going like, for um, anything. It's like the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. It's got so many stunts like the Green Goblin is stupid. Oh but yeah, oh yeah. That movie. But that's Willem Dafoe hamming it up the same way that Ian McKellen ha- hams it up as Magneto. It's really fun. It's like what? they are fun villains to watch. Yeah. You know, this is the one where there's the scene with all the police cars, right? And and Magneto like takes control of all of the uh, all of the guns, right? That's oh, in this one. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, that's probably my favorite scene because there's just the wonderful line and it's a really cool, like, chilling line when he turns all the guns back on all the police and then, like, uh, Professor X gets one of, um, I think he gets Sabretooth, one yeah, of Magneto's henchmen to grab uh, Magneto and he's like, you'll have to kill me, Charles. And then he's like, I can't stop them all, Charles. Like when he and has all the, the gun, all the gun triggers are like are about to pull all of these cards. And you know, there's a bullet that's about to go into one guy's head. And, and he's screaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah horrible, it's, right? it's it's brilliant. It's like one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, Magneto's awesome. Do you, do you know what one of my favorite scenes is? It's the first scene at the beginning when like uh, Charles and Xavier have a little talk after they have that yeah. conference, and they're yeah. going like, it doesn't have to be this way, uh, Magneto, and he's just like. No, Charles, uh, you'll see one day that my methods were. There's something Shakespearean yeah. about it. There's something Shakespearean oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, because. It's a clash um, of ideology. Yeah. The reason, yeah. like, the reason why Fox um, were interested in doing the X-Men movies was because they had the X-Men cartoon, which will be, we'll talk about in its own episode, mm. on, like, Fox, uh, Fox Kids, and that was doing really well, so that's what made mm. an interesting movie. This movie is like so totally, like, I think, I mean, the X-Men cartoon tries to do more serious stuff, but this is yeah. on. A different scale. So it's, imagine like like being a kid who grew up watching the cartoon and going to see his movies and it being like, 
oh, this is a bit more serious than I'm used to. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's funny that we you mentioned how you know you couldn't get in like because you were under twelve. You know, like the, these were the kind of the more adult superhero films in comparison mm. to like Spider Man. Yeah. So X Men One is pretty good. It's a pretty cool film. It's pretty dumb in places, but otherwise it's pretty good. And what about X Men Two? On the other hand, furious. Yeah, I love X Men Two. It was the one where they finally brought in the fact that uh, X Men stabs people because there's that famous scene in the in the kitchen where like the SWAT team come in and he like full on stabs this guy and I think that was like the first time they showed him like really properly like just murder someone. <laughs> Oh, I was yeah. like, this is this is your 12A superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they raised the stakes so much because, like, um, the threat threatens both the heroes and the villains, so they end up being forced to work together. But yeah. even then, Magneto uses this to his advantage at does. the very yeah. end. Wolverine, but the, the villain has a link to Wolverine's past, so it gives Wolverine yeah. stakes in the plot because his thing in these movies is... He has no idea who he is, and his arc, in the, at least in the first two, is him re- working out where he came from, yeah. and that was basically kind of resolved in X Men Two. So it told us everything we needed to know. There was no need to tell any more of that story. Yes, remember that movies. The first two films told Wolverine's story. You don't need another film. Thank you. Right, uh, we've just erased a movie from existence, so now we can all move on with our lives. So, well, well done, us guys. We did it. Oh yeah, and also we stopped X Men Origins. Can we talk about how? I mean, the movie is also great. It's character driven. Like, the, mm. there's lots of small scenes of the characters, and that, those are some of the best scenes in the film. Yeah. Like, there's a, the, like, I think like, the part in the campsite where like Dito is like teaming up with the other X Men and they're kind of oh, all talking. That's, that's so great, good. Yeah. But at the same time, like the Fights, is, fight, like the action scenes, of course, particularly of the, the fight with Wolverine and Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, Arguably possibly the greatest cool. action sequence in this whole series. Oh, that reminds me. This wasn't Lady Deathstrike, but I wanted to bring this up. Um, so in the first X-Men, there's the fight between Wolverine and Mystique, right? Yeah. And um, there's a bit, of course, where uh, he eventually does manage to stab her, I think, like in the shoulder or something. Mm-hmm. Um but what happened in real life is that uh, Hugh Jackman had a stunt double. No, he, um, Mystique had a stunt double. So had, Re- Re- Rebecca Romain had a stunt double. Yeah, Vicky Vicky Phillips was the stunt double who uh, Hugh Jackman accidentally stabbed with real knife. Oh, uh, no. I did not know that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, she was she was supposed to move out of the way at one point, and he accidentally stabbed her shoulder or something, like an like an inch into her shoulder. And um, apparently, she was really cool about it and wasn't, you know. Apparently, she kind of just brushed it off. But yeah, he was he was the one freaking out. I, um, I could be freaking out yeah, if that happened. Just, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which I imagine she, Hugh Jackman would just, do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, she just said it's really awesome because I'm one of the only people in the world who's actually been stabbed by Wolverine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she seems really cool about it. But yeah, like, it's, it's you know, just these are real knives that they use sometimes in the films. Like, obviously, they're fake when they actually go into people. But yeah, in this case, they were using real knives and they actually stabbed someone. 
But yes, Lady Death Strikes Fight is like definitely top tier in terms of events in the X-Men series. Like they they kind of overshot it where it was so good that nothing in the series has ever been able to top that one fight between her and, and Wolverine, sadly. But yeah, and they do try. <laughs> one negative I have about X-Men 2, which is a lot because there's only one negative thing I have, is that Cyclops gets the shaft even more than he does in the first one. He's barely <laughs> in it. And he's basically, most of the time he's in it, he's, he's been um, brainwashed by Stryker to fight the other X-Men. And it's yeah. like such a waste of this character. Or Cyclops. He just doesn't get any love. It's like, you know, he he's the one in the relationship with Jean Grey. And by the time we get to X-Men 3, you would think that Wolverine and Jean Grey were, like, always the item. That, like, Cyclops was never even involved. And it's like, dude, this is, like, the actual boyfriend, and you've just completely shafted him throughout these last three films. So. We'll get to that when we, do, yeah. when we move on to the next movie. But, but before we do... Can we just talk, we talk about Nightcrawler? Because yes. Nightcrawler's yes. awesome, and he's played by... Alan um, Cumming. Alan Cumming, and Ewan has met Alan Cumming. <laughs> met him just before lockdown. <laughs> I did, I did. Um, this is a cool story. I saw him in Samuel Beckett's Endgame. He was doing a performance with Daniel Radcliffe, which was, I guess, you know, Daniel Radcliffe was uh, doing theatre again, because I think he hasn't done theatre since Equus. But yeah, so Alan, you know, he does theatre all the time. He does loads of shows. Uh, but anyway, my mum went to school with Alan. Um, many, many a year ago. And so my sister messaged Alan on Instagram and said, oh, hey, uh, we're coming to see your show. Can we like hang out? And he was like, yeah, sure. Turn up at the backstage later and we'll hang out. And yeah, so we just you know, chatted for ages. I mentioned that I was a big fan of X-Men and Flute uh, from Spy Kids. Not um, Son of the Mask. I did not mention Son of the Mask, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot that and, existed. Uh, <laughs> and he, he was like, oh my God, like he was delightful. Uh, I really want to like, you know, Alan, if you're listening to this, you're, you're an awesome guy and we really enjoyed the huge amounts of gin and tonic that you gave us oh my uh, the whole time. And did he also dog- say something? Did he say that um, the government's response to COVID meant they had no idea what the fuck they were doing? Uh, I think he just says that generally. I can't remember if he said that during the conversation. Well, but yeah, well, no, he, you know he's, a, he's always been critical of the government. He, <laughs> sound, he sounds like a lovely chap. So you know, if you want, we'll we bring make, him on the show. Yeah, no, invite <laughs> him on the show because he's he actually also was involved with Spy Kids, and I wouldn't mind talking about that to him. So oh, know. I think Spy Kids, if it's not already on the list, it'll be put on the list. Yes, we'll be put on, uh, the, put it on the list. Rob. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Alan, um, it's weird to think that Alan was such a big part of our childhoods because he was in James Bond, he was in Goldeneye. What? Are we going to talk about James Bond? I think specifically the Brosnan films. Yeah, exactly. So he was in, you know, the Pierce Brosnan's films. He was in uh, X-Men. He was in Spy Kids. Yeah. And of course, he was in the greatest film of all time, Son of the Mask. You know, <laughs> he was all he was all over. He was in all of the stuff we were watching. Um, it's, it's, it is cool. Before, anyway, yeah, so Night, I, Nightcrawler yeah. is an awesome character. And we, we're very glad that Alan played Nightcrawler. He did the character justice. And I played X-Men, um, the official game when I was younger, um, which is mostly garbage. But 
the Nightcrawler stuff in that game is really awesome because you can actually go around teleporting around things and you can teleport around enemies while you fight them. That game is set in between X-Men 2 and X-Men The Last Stand. And apparently it serves as an explanation why Nightcrawler isn't in X-Men The Last Stand, which Ah. I think I read the synopsis and apparently the reasoning is um, Nightcrawler was something like, or oh, being an X-Man's too violent for me, I'm just gonna leave. I mean, that's, that's fair. He was established as a very Christian character, you know, he's, he's got, he's got his morals, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go around killing people. That's why I liked the fact that in 2, he mainly rescues people, apart from the stuff at the beginning when he's brainwashed, I can't think of a time when he ever attacks anyone, mm. like, cause that's just not his thing. And um, I know that in the in the in the show and in the comics, he's not like this Christian pacifist. I oh, know he is. He gets he gets all priesty at one point. Never mind. No, he is always Christian. <laughs> oh, there's one bit I like in that where he speaks to Mystique. He's um when they're at the campsite. Mm. He's he's like, you can look like anyone you want. Why would you choose to look like this? And Mystique's like, oh, because we shouldn't have to. Mm. Can oh. I talk? I want to talk quickly before we go on to X Men Three, which I would really rather we just didn't talk about and just pretend that it didn't exist. Oh, okay. Robert, no, but Robin James had to sit through it, so we're going to talk about them. Um, but I just want to briefly mention, before she was completely shafted in X-Men 3, I am a huge fan of Rebecca Romans... Roger, Romagen? Romans? Romain. Romain. I know that because she was in, um, I think she, she was in Austin Powers as a model, Austin Powers at the photo shoot. Ah. Who have we got today? Okay, great. Austin Powers, I've heard a lot about you. I'm Rebecca Romaine. I don't believe I've had the pleasure. Well, of course you haven't had the pleasure, Rebecca. We just met, baby, yeah. <laughs> As herself. That's cool. But yeah, so Re- Rebecca Romaine, uh, I think she's cooler than the Jennifer Lawrence mystique. I think she's awesome. Uh, there's something about like her kind of understated like performance where she doesn't say much, but she really doesn't need to. Like yeah. she just, you know what she's doing, you know what she's about. Um, her relationship with Ian McKellen's Magneto is delightful. Oh yes. Um, it has my favorite scene in X Men Two when when they're on the plane and they're like giggling to each other in the corner. Oh yeah. I think. Um, Bobby and Rogue, um, like they, they can't touch each other, even though they're in a relationship with them. I think they're laughing like, "Ooh, they're not going to last." I think yeah. that's probably what they. Oh yeah, and there's but there's that beautiful line when like Rogue like turns towards them and kind of like, you know, what are you going on about? And like, and Magneto's just saying, "We love what you did with your hair." <laughs> it's just oh like, yeah, they, and then um, they're like gay um, best friends. It's great. <laughs> and there's a, that perfect scene with uh, where on the X jet where Pyro comes over and six X and Magneto and Magneto is just like, like, oh yes, you are a god among insects. Don't you ever forget that? And then by the end of the movie, Pyro is like, yeah, fuck the X Men. I'm going with you. You know what? If if I was if I had to choose between siding with um, Picard or Gandalf, I probably would go with Gandalf. Like, sorry guys, but Gandalf goes on weird ass adventures and Picard follows the rules too much. So. <laughs> 
Also, <laughs> I think there's something more human about Gandalf, I think. He's just kind of like... Like, I think there's a bit where a dwarf insults him in The Hobbit. He's like, you know what, I'm going to go walk by myself for a bit through the dragons. I can't stand any of these dwarves. <laughs> I've suddenly realised how similar Picard and Professor X are, and how similar Magneto and Gandalf are, and I can't get this there, out of my head there's, now. <laughs> there's something I wanted to talk about in regards to Nightcrawl before we move on as well. You know, uh, the scene where they kind of... Where the X-Men basically come to visit his church, as it were. There's something really gothic about that whole scene. Like, he's this tortured kind of um, individual that's, like, alone in this, like, dark, gothic place, basically. Mm. He Um, looks like a demon, so... Yeah, and it's almost tragic as well. Like, he's, like, a victim of his own tragedy of um, being made, you know... He has his power, basically, and evil's taken over him, in a way. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I love that. I, I, I wish they flashed it out a bit more in the film, but... This is the thing. If, if X-Men 3 hadn't been made by um, idiots, we probably would have got a real sequel that oh actually boy. could touch on all the characters. Oh, let's, let's, let's talk about X-Men 3. Three. I've got controversial what opinions. an unfocused mess of a movie. Oh, okay. Oh, my Good God. On. I want. I want to say I saw this film on like some friend's laptop on a DVD, and that was my first experience of The Last Stand. Right. And you know what? That's the best way to watch this film. For the just... record, right? I kind of liked it. I mean, oh, I didn't. No, I, no, come on, please. We hinted this at the end of the last episode that me and James had conflicting <laughs> opinions. All right, but and now we know what those are. We <laughs> right, okay. hate this movie. As, right, I'll this... be honest. I, I pretend that this film doesn't exist, so I'm gonna hang back. You guys just all right. Wait, wait, wait. Before, it all out. Can I can I just at least um, give a little yeah, bit I'll, of a yeah, James, disclaimer? Yeah, James, want, James go first. For the records, right? For the records, I watched Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix before I watched it, and also watched uh, the MCU Netflix shows which I did not enjoy. So I was kind of like, right, I know what a really, really bad superhero show and movie is like. So my expectations are mediocrely low. Everyone told me it was a terrible film. And I watched it and I thought, oh, okay, it's nowhere near as the bad as the torture I've just endured with the other films and shows. What a low bar, man. That's the thing. Yeah, no, I'm a low yeah. bar man. Yeah, like I just like literally go into these things. So, so I do the same with Star Wars. I just think this is going to be done. This is going to be yeah, very I, dumb. I know, but it's, and... depress- it's depressing that we've actually reached lower <laughs> since. Also, last one last thing as well. There is one line of dialogue I love in that movie, which is from Magneto, when he's about okay. to like go attack that compound or whatever. He's going to use his ability to remove the guns from the soldiers. He realises he can't, and he's just like, yeah. Plastic! They've learned. <laughs> Humans and their guns. I think what the biggest problem with this movie is there's too much going on. There's too many characters and plots that aren't given enough time with awful pacing. And plus, like the first two had like kind of a relatively serious vibe. This one just throws it all out the window. It feels like a dumb action movie mm-hmm. and not in a good way. It really shocked a lot of characters. It's oh, especially bad. it's gone to Cyclops. Yeah. So Cyclops in this movie, like in the last movie, his girlfriend died. You think yeah. that would be a great opportunity to give this character 
an arc. So he could just become like more like the leader, the character that's been that was established. But yes. no, because as well as um, Brian Singer jumping ship to make Superman Returns, what a, what a James... bad decision in its own right. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, James Marsden, who played Cyclops, jumped ship to play um, to get cucked by Superman in Superman Returns. So they kill off. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, yeah, sorry, to think yeah. about Superman Returns. Superman Returns was directed by Brian Singer and and starred Kevin Spacey. Like what a cursed. Let's film. move on. X Men Three was directed by Brett Ratner. I so. know it's also a curse. Oh, okay. I didn't actually know. To be for the record, when I did watch it, I didn't know that. When I did find out, I was like, oh, okay. Me. <laughs> another problem is with the amount of characters. There's so many characters in this movie that um, you forget about these characters until they reappear. Like, we've got different parts I've got. Yeah. Mm. Um, the Dark Phoenix stuff with um, Rogue, not Rogue, um, Jean Grey coming back from the dead. You've got the Mutant Cure stuff. You've got Magneto gathering an army of um, supervillains. And then we've got, and then so, to, at the start of the movie, we get establishing, like, um, what's his name? Um, Archangel, I think. He's like shaving his wings off. Yeah. Like, um, and then, like, he, sh- he shows up, like, half an hour later, where they're trying to cu- give him the music cure, then he flies away. Then, like, an hour later, he shows up in at the X-Men mansion, and you're like, oh, I forgot you were in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. At the start of the movie, Mystique gets cured, and yeah. then she vanishes, and then, like, you find out that she's, like, uh, not marking on Magneto, and you're like, oh, I, I forgot you were in the movie. <laughs> like, that's such a... Like, it just shows how little they gave a shit. Like, this is the thing, I don't swear much on this podcast, but, like, they gave zero shit about Mystique in X-Men 3, and that that actually pisses me off so much, because it's like, you got this this character who's awesome, and then you depower her for no reason, and then not only do you depower her, but then you have her betray the cause she's been fighting for her entire life for, like, screw over Magneto and they even come out with a thing where they're like oh hell have no fury like a woman scorned fuck you I'm gonna have so much fun here's a quote from Anthony for what um, the last time felt like, felt like when I was going back to watch it it felt like so I only care um, about Mystique so I'm just angry yeah. that Mystique was and two ends with a lot of potential like um mm. it's like like the day one but at a big cost and yeah. that movie could have thought the third movie could have oh. built off up from that. Yeah. Like we've got like Pyro's um, left the X Men to go over Magneto, Jean Grey's dead. Yeah. And well, uh, they, they actually do tease the Phoenix thing at the end of X Men too, because when um, she rescues the the ship oh, at the yeah. end, you can see the wingspan of the Phoenix in like the outline of the thing she creates, like to stop the water destroying not, it. Not just that, but also uh, before the end credits, you see a shadow of the Phoenix as well. Oh, yeah. So there was all this big implication, and you think, oh my god, we're going to get a Dark Phoenix film. As Well, we discovered later on that that was a terrible thing anyway, but that should have been the focus of X-Men 3. Jimmy, with there was, of from what I heard was there was studio interference. Never a good thing, because no. basically what happened, I think the studio really wanted them to do the music cure line, which Joss Whedon had done in, his, in the Astonishing X-Men comics. Right. They, they really wanted to use that. So oh, that's why we've got this. Everything's cursed now. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm still a big Sorry. Buffy fan as well. But... I know, I know. We are gonna we are gonna talk about Buffy. Don't worry. But yeah, no, fair, I'm just thinking like, man, Joss I, Whedon. I still, I'm still gonna maintain I enjoyed the third film when we move on to the other films because let's be honest, there are worse films than Number Three. Really, oh, really no, bad. Welcome to the next film. Yes, let's yeah, go on. To the next let's film. go on. Is this X-Men Origins? Yes, it Yay. is. Again, oh, it feels like, I've said um, X-Men 3 feels like a dumb action film, but not in a good way. X-Men Origins feels even more like a dumb action movie than The Last Stand, with even worse pacing, so a lot of the film's boring. There's like, some scenes just feel super pointless, and the film would be better if they cut those things out, as they just lessen the impact of like certain story beats. Like, there's a part where, what's his name, um, Sabretooth, who on record is, is fucking lame in this movie. Mm. Uh, there's a scene where he goes and kills like um, Dominic McGonaghan's character, who's working at a fun fair, and I'm um, mm. like, like that scene is lame because we've spent barely any time with this character, so we don't care if he dies. It would be much more impactful if he'd start to strike and go and find Wolverine and saying, "Oh, someone's killing you." It makes it more surprising when um, Sabretooth suddenly shows up and kills Wolverine's girl. Or, in quotation marks, kills Wolverine's girlfriend because it turns out this is all like some over elaborate plots to get Wolverine's powers. So, because Striker's building Deadpool. God, this movie's so stupid. Oh so, a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to say that, yeah, I, I do think that X Men Origins is a terrible movie, 100%. But there are wow. two scenes. There are, I know, I know, for me, because I love bad movies for the most part. No, this is, this is, this is how bad X Men Origins yeah. is, guys. If, if, I, if I don't James like it. <laughs> But there are two scenes that do I do, did enjoy. So the first scene I enjoyed was the one where you see Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting through all the wars. I thought they were really well done. Oh, that, I think that bit was cool. That was cool. And the second scene I did like is when Wolverine punched Gambit in the face. It was very... <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like the bit was like, I'm going to take you down. Two years I run in that hell and I never... <laughs> Just knocks him right out. Why is... Why is Will I Am in this movie? I don't know why Will I Am is. Well, Will I Am is in this movie to deliver my favourite line in the movie, where it's him going, "We hunted our own kind, Logan. There's a special place in hell for what we did." I don't know why. I just find that line really. What I dislike is that the X Men origins also kind of get slipped in as well. Like there's all these other X Men. Oh, why is Cyclops in it? Yeah. Like what the hell? (laughs) What did they do to Deadpool? Like why? We were kind um, of like dancing around it, but yeah, Deadpool, what the hell? <laughs> so do we know why they like didn't even let him have a mouth? <laughs> oh, they established it at the start with, um, cause, um, Wade Wilson's that one of the mutants who's, um, doing like mercenary work for Striker, and Striker's like, oh yeah, Wilson, you'd be a great soldier if you didn't talk so much, and then they sew his mouth shut. So it's like, it's, it's a, I don't know why. why they did it. Right, well, there's a good thing um, that can be taken away from this. Oh, sorry, it's you also the plot of the movie. It's basically Stryker injects Wolverine with like the Animantium. Apparently what, what Stryker's plan was, was to gather all these mutants, take their powers, so they can combine them into one super mutant who's Deadpool. And it's fucking why? dumb. Why? Dead- why is Deadpool in this film? Deadpool is like a fourth wall breaking character. You know, he doesn't fit. In, like, well, as, as, especially not as like the villain. That's the thing, because like Deadpool was made for the comics, and I think there was less creative freedom with these characters, and like, I think 
they were a bit worried that he was a bit too weird and cartoonish and R-rated to be included into an X-Men movie, so they tried to fit it to the franchise they had made for themselves, and it backfired. Actually, well, a, good thing, a good thing, a good thing, a good thing. Include him. Yeah, yeah no, 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 wait, 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 wait. But, but to be fair, it is provide massive amounts of material for the later Deadpools to take the piss out of. <laughs> like, God, there's like, in Deadpool 1 and 2, they really just take the mick out of that movie so much. Wait, is that you? Striker finally figured out how to shut you up. Hey, it's me. Don't scratch. Oh, yeah. There was another good thing about this movie. I've not played it, but I've heard good things. The, um, there was a video game tied to this movie, and it is so gory. It's like, it's like an Asian rated oh. game. Like, you're walking just slashing people to, into pieces. <laughs> like, like, no, I've seen one bit where you climb onto a helicopter, take the guy out, take, take the guy out of the helicopter, throw him into the propellers, and got like, cut his head off. And also, to make it even better, you could do it wearing Wolverine's yellow spandex from the comics. As an unlockable costume. This sounds better than the movie. <laughs> Look at the release. Apparently, it actually got good reviews for the game, surprisingly. And just, I just don't get why, why get Ryan Reynolds? Well, I guess Ryan Reynolds wasn't a huge name at that point. Should uh, we move uh, on to the next movie? Or... Oh, yeah. Let's just like to... put this movie to rest because it needs to die. It needs to die. <laughs> it needs to go away. Go away, X-Men Origins War. And the next one, I believe, is First Class. Yes, which actually, yeah. when, I was watching, when I was watching them all, ended up being my favourite. Yeah, I noticed that. You, I find that interesting, yeah. Because, like, yeah. did you not think Logan was better, or Deadpool, or what, um, what was it you no, liked better about it? I just thought it was, really was, I love, like, we get to see more of the friendship between Xavier and Magneto, mm-hmm. and it makes it more devastating. Like, at the end, when Magneto goes further down the path of darkness, it makes it more devastating to see this friendship fall apart. Yeah. And, um, yeah. like, to see Magneto's, like, steps closer to the darkness. And I, a... love, I love the alternative history as well. Like, it can... Like, um, it's got, involves the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it's like, it's mm. so cool. I love it when films do stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do, they did a great job getting, um, Michael Fassbender and, uh, James McAvoy for, uh, Professor X and, um, Magneto. I think they oh, they're great. Also, I'm going to say, both about the Magneto Nazi Hunter scene. Yes. That is, like, Magneto, I just, Start that film. He's got some serious James Bond fans. That was a yeah. clear influence. Like, it's very cool. The problem yeah. with I think the problem for me with First Class, as much as I do like it, I think the problem for me is that it, it's just not a full-on Magneto movie. Japan's <laughs> X Men Origins Magneto, and it's also going to be a um, a young X Men movie. And I think they kind of just started to merge those two together and. Matthew Vaughan, who was originally going to direct The Last Stand, but dropped out he didn't think he'd make a good movie in enough time. And they approached him to do this, and he thought, fuck, this sounds such like such a cool movie. Yeah. I'm doing this. Also, there is one scene, and like, you know, we've sweared probably the most in this blue cast than we have in any other one, but there is one fantastic scene where like (laughs) where Hugh Jackman shows up as Wolverine, and they're like, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah. And and, uh, basically they both come up to Wolverine going like, Hey, would you like to join the X-Men? He goes, fuck off. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentrack. Tell Xavier. Go fuck yourself.
And there is um, a fun I think that start really like I think every um, movie since then always tries to sneak in an F bomb because like you can have mm. one F bomb if you get bumped up to like a fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the one. And it's a fun little scene for, for Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I mean, the only real downsides I have with first class are like some of the characters like Havoc and Banshee don't really get much development, although they are fun mm. characters. And then this is the beginning of these movies, like doing what they want. I mean, there's some mostly consistent with the other X-Men movies, but there is the ending kind of contradicts a, the flashback at the start of X-Men 3, although if you don't watch X-Men 3, it's not a problem. <laughs> don't watch X-Men 3. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, at least watch at least watch the scene with the plastic guns because it is very funny. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on um, uh, Mystique, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique? Um, okay. In this movie, I think she's fine. Like she starts, I like her. She kind of has an arc, although mm. it is a bit. I don't bit like the arc. If I'm honest, I think it might... is a bit weird. Yeah, I think it's a bit weird. Yeah, how uh, Professor X and uh, Mystique are childhood friends and kind of like adoptive siblings, and then that's never acknowledged in the other three movies. Yeah, I think it could have worked if they did a good job of like establishing why she turned evil. But really, it was just like, oh, you should go join them, um, and she just does. Oh, she just it, turns evil yeah. just like that. Yeah, yeah. kind of Magneto is kind of like. In, Encouraging her to be, yeah. to show her true self. So that kind of like made me, oh, that kind yeah. of made me win no, me over. I, I understand why she would turn to Magneto because Professor X is so goddamn lame in comparison to Magneto. So I would always side with him no matter but, what. Like, I don't um, know. They grew up <laughs> yeah. together though. It's a bit like yeah, it it's is a that real is a bit shitty weird. move, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's the problem. If if she had just been one of like. You know, just like a mutant that just kind of turns up and and then I don't know. I think she should have always been with Magneto, I guess, because I think that's yeah. where that's she, what, what that's if, where she's most interesting. What if she grew up with yeah. Magneto? That would have been interesting. Yeah, I mean, mm, we'll yeah. get into this on later movies because what uh, they do with in later movies is really bad. I think. So, I think. Yeah. So, is there anything else we want to talk about for first class? I mean, I saw, um, it was the first film I saw in cinemas, I'll just put that out there. I, I remember seeing this in the cinema, I remember seeing with yeah. um, yeah. friends. I um, think my, my problem with first class, I think, is that, like, I love the relationship between X and Magneto. I love all of the stuff about the actual origins, but, like, I don't know, like, the main plot you know, whatever. <laughs> you can kind of, it could have been anything and it would, like, work, you know. I, as you said, like, the Cuban Missile Crisis is fun, but, you know, it, it, like, a, a lot of a lot of the characters are kind of throwaway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very so, close between this and Next Wing 2 for me, in terms of how much I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an enjoyable film, though. It's definitely one of the more watchable ones. What's yeah, that? now we're on to um, The Wolverine. <laughs> Which I like that film. I like. I thought it was oh, it's okay. It's enjoy. It's enjoy. Kind of enjoyable, but it's like nothing spectacular. It feels just just like a generic action movie that happens to have Wolverine in it, but it does have some cool ideas. Again, I Hmm. like that they actually took elements of X Men Three and made it into something more. So like there was the Gene Gene Grey stuff like where he was like having PTSD from stabbing her. Um, mm. and he, he keeps That's getting what that. I like. There's actually like developments from that, and I think they did a really good job. Of that also, 
it's a dumb movie. Uh, and I went into it thinking it's going to be a dumb movie. Um, yeah. And there's like a giant robot samurai, and like uh, there's a guy, there's a guy who's like, I want to live forever, and he's just like, no, you don't want to get what I got. You don't want to live forever, and it's just like, uh, I love it. I, mean, I, I thought it was okay, but it's like nothing. You know, I'm glad I watched it, but it's not something I'm going to seek out again. I mean, I, I'm glad I watched it. Like, I, know, I, I, I might rewatch it sometime. There's a cool train fight. That's the only only reason you need to watch any part of The Wolverine is that there's a cool train fight and that is my commentary on The Wolverine. Actually, do you know what it is I love about the film The Wolverine? It's that it takes itself so freaking seriously. It's so ridiculous. I don't know. It's It's like, you don't want to live forever. I'm not healing like I used to. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like all this dialogue that's like delivered. It's, it's so silly de- sounding dialogue and it's delivered so seriously it makes me laugh. No, we haven't, talk- we haven't talked about it but we should mention it. Hugh Jackman, right, like, has been amazing throughout all of these films. Like, we'll, oh, we'll, probably, yeah. we'll probably talk more about him once we get to Logan but, like, no. He for, kind of carries the series, doesn't he? Yeah, for, for the Wolverine, like, he got jacked for that movie. Like, Hugh oh my god. Yeah, like, proper, like, you know, like when you compare like his body in like the first X Men film, and then once he gets to the Wolverine, it's like, oh my god, it's like a, a you know, a transformation almost. It's incredible. Yeah. And um, okay. the guy, the guy was dedicated. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Now the next one's uh, is an interesting one because it's kind of like a crossover of like yes. kind of like a sequel, to, a sequel to both First Class and X Men Three, which is Days, Days of Future Past. Fan of, I, think. I liked that one. I like. I remember seeing it in the cinema. I think one of the things I remember most about seeing it in the cinema was we saw the trailer for Transformers Four. I remember me and my friend um, laughing at the point where Optimus Prime is riding on a giant robot T Rex. I, I like It's a Future Past because for me it was kind of a return to form for the series because we had literally, you know, I was a big fan of X Men the films by this point, you know, so I, I you know, I rewatched X Men One and Two a lot. And I was at that point where I was like, oh, God, we've had Free, we've had Origins, and we've had um, The Wolverine. And it's all, like, fine, but, you know, like, in terms of, like, the original cast of X-Men with Ian McKellen and, and all of that gang, I was like, oh, it's, I, I wish we had a good film with them again. And so, like, when I saw this in the cinema, it was really wonderful for me because it was like a nostalgia trip. Oh um, yeah, that's hear, so good. Hear, hearing the old theme theme music again, all that. Oh, the, and, and then um and then the best part is they retconned all of X Men Three, which is all uh, oh, yes, I need. Do you know what I think is the thing? I my, with my viewing, I watched it with my brother and uh, stuff like that, and neither of us had actually watched the original movies at this point. <laughs> which, which my this is entirely my fault that I didn't enjoy this film as much as I did. I reckon if I watched it now, knowing what happened in the the, the original movies, I would have enjoyed it a lot more because. What it is, is that it's a movie that's trying to fix a broken franchise of other movies, in a way, mm. with the time travel. And obviously I went into it thinking, oh, I wonder what this is going to be about, you know, I thought it was going to be a sequel to First Class, <laughs> so it would be more of that. 
But no, I was com- literally confused by what the hell was going on. I was like, what? Because yeah, you have all of these other characters, and it's like, who are these people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why is there two Xavier's? What's going on? Yeah, um, yeah. But, now, but now that I've watched the original movies, like, it makes a lot more sense to me. But again, uh, I feel like things do get a bit confusing from here on with the movies in terms of the timelines. Oh, like that. <laughs> no, I think, I think this one is fine. It's, I think it's the next movie where uh, things really... Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's not this movie's fault. It's the fact that the, the later movies didn't really build on what this movie tried to fix, if that makes sense. My understanding of it is, by the end of this movie, is um, most things that happened in the first two movies happened, mm. but Jean Grey survives, and a couple of other things were different. That's the extent of it, although, according to the next movie, no, that is not the case. Yeah, as the movies progress, more of it gets retconned, which is really weird. You see, the thing is, I solved this problem for me by just never seeing Apocalypse or Dark Phoenix or any of that stuff. So First Class and Days of Future Past are like this lovely, you know, on top of like the first two X-Men films as well. They're just these lovely movies that I can enjoy, and I don't have to think about all the garbage that came after. Well, so, yeah. it's yeah. Get onto the apocalypse. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, because Rob, Rob and I tortured ourselves <laughs> a little bit to move forward with that discussion. <laughs> so, apocalypse. Wow. Yeah. What a really bad movie. Somehow it's more of an unfocused mess of a movie than The Last Stand. That's impressive. Although there is stuff in there which makes you think, oh, maybe he focused on that more. This could have been good, but nothing gets in our focus. There's a lot of just dumb, pointless and boring stuff that should have been cut. Like, at the start, we get this happening thing with, um, we see Cyclops summoning his powers. Again, going back to Cyclops, this movie could have been a a movie about Cyclops, like, accepting his powers. And then, um, and that, he could have had an arc. That could have been really cool. But no, we've got to focus on all these other characters. Mystique's now apparently like a martyr for mutant kind and ends up joining the X-Men at the end, which makes no sense. Yeah, no, like, it's so weird. It's so weird that they turned her into the good person at the end. I don't get that. It doesn't make sense. She is always awesome as a bad guy. Don't ever make, um... A sticker of a, a hero because she's no, not. I mean, at best, she's an anti-hero. I like the young Cyclops. I like young Cyclops. I like um, Sophie Toner as young Jean Grey. I like young like Spooler, but they they don't get enough to do. Like they kind of just. Mm. Do you know, actually, just something, like, something just shooted into my brain that we didn't talk about in the last movie, but it also occurs in this movie. It's in both movies. It's um, Quicksilver. 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 I we was going to bring him up. Yeah, uh, Quicksilver but, was great in the second one in Days of Future Past. Yeah. And the scene, scene in this movie, it, it's just a complete... Because we get this scene where everyone thinks it, um, there's a big explosion and um, Cyclops' brother dies and then suddenly you've got t- Quicksilver in this like um, comedy, like kind of like him rushing around yeah. saving everyone. And it's, yeah. it's, it's such a massive tonal shift, it just doesn't work. It's so. nowhere near as good as the scene in the one before in uh, oh. Days of Future yeah. Past. At, and also, at that point in Days of Future Past, um, it was a kind of fun scene, you know, because they were like breaking into the Pentagon or something, you know, and it was like kind of a fun little uh, side scene, you know, before we got to like the main plot of the movie, whereas this is like the whole world's blowing up. Yeah. Also, (laughs) you know, Apocalypse, like Apocalypse is meant to be on par with Thanos, like he's meant to be the big Marvel villain that's going to like, you know, 
going to threaten the whole Avengers, the X-Men and everything. Uh, he looks like Ivan Ooze from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Poor Oscar Isaac. Between Star Wars and X-Men, he's just been screwed over by everything. He's just <laughs> so guy. bad. The whole uh, show uh, is uh, so bad. He has, he has no... Um, like, what's his reason to doing it? He just wants to blow everything up. That's his motivation. Yeah. yeah. And well, also, what do they do to Also, like, like have, have you guys seen Alien vs. Predator? Oh, like, oh God. Have I have heard... I, I've, I've seen heard, that, yeah. You know, like, the bit at the beginning where the Predators help humanity, like, with the Egyptians to, like, establish civilization or whatever? I felt uh, those vibes of Apocalypse, yeah. like, oh, he's this mutant that's gonna... Develop mankind in the Egypt, uh, you know, in the Egyptian civilization and stuff like that. I hate, I kind of, it's such a cliche thing to use in science yeah. fiction, and it's a cliche yeah. thing to use in speculative fiction in general. I mean, it's cool in The Fifth Element, but that's a bit different. That's like the aliens well, coming down. That was charming though. I thought, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, I wanted to know more about that. It was really interesting because it was different. Yeah, it's but, a bit more mysterious than that as well. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not really shown. I don't know. It's it's very weird in that, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Whereas exactly. this, yeah, future episode will be the fifth element. I will watch it without getting viruses. Hopefully. So yeah, yeah back to apocalypse. Yes. Did they do to Magneto? Like, um, why did they need to give him an arc where, um, like, he's got a wife and child, his wife and child die? Why did they just start evil? Like that whole sequence could have been cut. Because they need to fridge more women in these films, I don't know. Oh my god. Making of shooting morning evenings in, there's a whole sequence where Striker shows up and kidnaps everyone, which is an excuse to get Wolverine in the movie, mm. which makes no sense because surely um, Jean Grey and Cyclops would recognise um, Wolverine when he shows up like 20 years later. Yeah, it's, it doesn't... Work. And there's also a weird episode where the four young cats, like um, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and think think it's supposed to be Jubilee, but she's never named. They want to return the Jedi. It's all going to film, and then um, Jean Grey's like, "Yeah, we can all agree the third one's always the worst, and this is the third in the trilogy, and it is the worst." So it was like, "Were they aware? Oh, yeah. Didn't they make is a this... joke? They made a joke about that, didn't they?" Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, was it like? So Sorry, So you're saying this movie had no effort? This is they just took this like as a third movie as an excuse to put no like, effort into it. It's like they were giving themselves like a, a get out of jail free card. You know, it's just like saying, "Oh, don't worry, guys, it's supposed to be terrible because it's the third film." It's like, no, you could have done a good movie and you just couldn't be bothered. Anyway, yeah. on, on, on to an actual good movie. No, 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 no. Let's let's get Dark Phoenix out of the way because I actually want to enjoy talking about Logan and not feel like I think about ca- being canonically, bad film. Canonically, it does take place after, so I think we'd be right to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's Dark Phoenix. Hell, God, baby, damn no. Aliens. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why? I, mean, I think I mean I understand that Marvel How about no? in it, but this ex like, this franchise this X-Men franchise up till now has had no aliens in. Then suddenly there's aliens. aliens. I'm fine with aliens in in things. But it's like you can't just like after like twelve films or so just suddenly throw aliens in. <laughs> when the the, the focus is meant to be mutants and superheroes. It's like, oh, hey, hey we're doing aliens now. Dark, but, it, but it's called Dark Phoenix. The Dark Phoenix storyline, they have aliens in the comics. So I understand what they're going for. But 
Like, you can't just throw them in. Like, it didn't work for Rian Jenna Jones. It's not going to work for you. And also, like, like, like they it's, look, like, it's all. My, thing, my biggest problem with um, this movie is it's just boring. It's so, so there's boring. There's no tension. Nothing happens. Has any, like, Mystique dies, and, like, you don't care because there's no impact. And there's more messing about the timeline because Jean Grey dies at the end of this movie. It's like, how can she die now and then be alive? Like in like eight years at, in, at the start of the first X-Men Rob, film. We, we, I, it's also, we can hunt to These sequels, like First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, they always skip ahead like 10 years. It's, oh, like, that makes no sense. Like, and in this movie, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender should be looking more like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, but no, they still look like James McAvoy and, um, and Michael Fassbender. Again, like, to be honest, I think, we can all 100% agree that this film is terrible. And you know what it is? Like, I, with the films that you guys thought were, like, terrible stuff, like, I went in thinking, you know, it's gonna be dumb fun. This is not even dumb fun. There's not even any dumb fun for me to enjoy. This is boring. I mean, this is so I mean, unbelievable. Agree. It's, it is so bad, I mean, but I'm not angry about it. Like, I was, which is unusual. Like, I just literally finished the film, I spent money on it, and I was like, for God's sake, why? I mean, see, I watched <laughs> it on Disney Plus, so at least I watched it. Oh, okay. It's weird, how, it's weird how, like, yeah, how little of, like, a cultural impact or anything it's made. Like, it's, like, even Apocalypse made a bigger splash on, like, This movie was, uh, like, discussion. this is the end of the franchise, basically. Yeah. such... It's disappointing, considering how we started and now we've ended with this... Also, me... Magneto's depicted terribly in the film. He's not... Oh, yeah, he's, he's got, he's not, he's got some, like, camp with, like, mutants, and I was like... Yeah. Like, what the hell? And he's not even a villain in the movie. He's like one of the X-Men, basically. It's just like, what is going on? I mean, the most of the thing he does is he tries to kill Jean Grey. But and that's, that's another kind problem of with Dark Phoenix. Kind of, I mean, yeah. that's a problem with them doing Dark Phoenix because we've barely spent enough time with Jean in Apocalypse, so we can't just suddenly jump in and do Dark Phoenix now because we're not attached to the character. There's a about Dark, the Dark Phoenix storyline that apparently Hollywood is just... Really I don't know. Like, like, I, I, I love the Marvel comics, and I really have not read into the Dark Phoenix storyline at all. I've, I know House of Ben and all that, but I don't know about Dark Phoenix. But it was just like some girl like has like an evil alter ego that's more powerful than her. I don't understand how this is like a difficult thing to do. I swear I they do know, it. Man. They do it in Carrie. <laughs> they do it well in Carrie, the horror film. Like, I mean, they what? do it, apparently they do it, I'm not, I need to watch the whole animated, but they do it well in the animated version of the X-Men. Mm. I still haven't seen it, actually, that one. We'll have, yeah. we'll have to watch it, and if we yeah. do, we'll talk about it. 100%, yeah. Shall we move on now. to uh, a good film? An actual good movie. Yay! Let's talk about Logan. I, oh, mate. Uh, so I, I watched this with Ewan, believe it or not. Oh, um, yeah. It's funny because we watched that. No, we watched. I think we watched the Lego Batman movie first, and then we watched jumped onto Wolverine, which is such a did, contrast between two we films. Did a, we did it. We did a double feature. We, which is, we went. We went back into the cinema the moment after we saw a movie. We should do that again. <laughs> it was amazing. But like, it's a great. It's a great way to watch films, guys. Like, yeah. I'm but, bringing. I'm bringing double features. Back. I mean, we did this one. Ewan, remember we were out um, Friends' house and we put on the Terminator, and then we followed up with Spy Kids Three. Yeah, that, again, good, good liner. 
Like, uh, I've both had to Bill Paxton in, so... Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> did, I, did I really make this criticism? Because it's related to Days and Future Past. I don't know what timeline this film takes place in. Well, I take... think it doesn't matter. I think it doesn't matter. That's the thing. Yeah. It's own thing. Well, it, it, it's, it's set in the original Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. Yeah. But it's kind of like, if you want to think about like the canon or anything like that, I guess it's the idea is that like, this is kind of like alternate timeline where all the mutants die apart from essentially the most powerful mutants because you've got like, you know, the, the immortal Wolverine and then you've got the super powerful telepath uh, Patrick Stewart, I mean, you know, it's, it's a timeline. I, mean, I love this movie, but I think putting it, I mean, I like to look for these movies is you just watch one, two, first class, days of future past, basically. Yeah. But if you watch Logan at the end, it's like, it's kind of, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Because um, days of future like past that. has a, like, it's a, got a really nice ending where everything's like back to normal. Yeah. You can get X Men yeah. 3 happens. Um, but then Logan's like, so, I mean, I love the movie, but it's like so depressing. Like everything. It is. It's not. It's not a hero film. It's not an X Men film. It's its own thing. That's the thing. It's yeah. A yeah it's, 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 it's a beautiful it's a movie. It's, it's a western. It's, yeah. And it reminded me of Mad Max as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the Mad Max films I'll have a similar kind of story. It's like not massive save all things. Just Mad Max wandering out, going about his business. Mm. And then suddenly he stumbles in upon this big thing. It's the it's the Fallout aesthetic yeah. where you have um, cy- cyberpunk post-apocalyptia uh, mixed with the old classic western. I and think it's, this... uh, it's a wonderful aesthetic. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. A, the reason I'm a fan a really, of Fallout. <laughs> yeah, this is a really small scale story as well. It's like mm. it's character driven and yeah. it's not big. It's not a big, full-blown, full-swall, save-the-world kind of story, which no, I like. It's, it's a personal story. It's a personal yeah. story. Yeah. It's, it's Wolverine looking back at, you know, I think what I love about him is, is it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about it today. He's very comparable to characters like Kratos and Joel in The Last of Us. Basically, the bearded, the bearded bad dad, I guess, where it's, it's the, the old man, well not old man, but kind of middle-aged guy, he's grown a beard, and even um, Samurai Jack in some ways. In oh, a way, yeah. he's lost hope, but he learns it's more he... from his peer. That, yeah. oh, he, it's, it's, if he finds X-23 and she kind of like yeah. installed him with a sense of purpose. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's the story well, of this, this old warrior who has lived through, in the case of like, Kratos and, and Wolverine, century, and Samurai Jack, centuries or, or years of violence. And, you know, they're conscious of how many people they've killed. And, you know, it's this nightmare that they're living in of trauma and depression yeah. and, yeah, lo- lost hope. And, and fact, but then they, they meet the, the new generation and they realize that they, they have a purpose, which is to, to help you know, the young survive this new horrible world that they're leaving behind, you know. It's, oh yeah, it's, there's um, one thing really I like, um, is, um, basically the whole talk is the, the mutant wants to get to this, uh, the, um, they want to get to this page called Eden. Yeah. And you're like, what is this page? And then suddenly Wolverine's in the bar, he's reading an X-Men comic book that this girl's been reading and then, oh, um, find out, find out Eden's a place that was from these comic books and it has like the same address. And it's kind of like, it's kind of depressing that the, the, the one hope they had was just 
just made up. It's like, a comic book. <laughs> well, it was, like, it, was a, it was a fantasy become reality, and it reminds me of a Pratchett quote. You need to believe things that are not true, how else can they become? You know, fantasies mm. can build realities, and I'm thinking in a weird way, for these young children that were, like, just alone and, like, you know, hunted as they were, they needed hope in, like, escapism, but their escapism became a reality. They built a new world for themselves, basically, and they got away from this terrible world mm. and built their own, and that's, I think that's yeah. quite beautiful. And I also, like, nothing oh. I like about this movie is that, I know it's kind of depressing to see in that way, but, um... Um, seeing our old Charles Xavier can be kind yeah. of funny at times. Like, this is a bit where he sticks oh, his tongue out and you know, some stuff he comes out with. It's, a, it's depressing seeing him like that, but it is, you can't help but laugh at some of it. But it's, it's so lovely, or, it, you know, it's kind of wonderful to see this family dynamic kind of develop where you've got essentially a grandfather with Xavier, you've got the bad dad, like I said, with, with Wolverine, and then you've got the young girl, X23. You know the daughter, and yeah. it's this kind of. Yeah, it's I like, love how found like, things Xavier is in this movie as well. He's like oh, dropping yeah. f bombs like this news <laughs> tomorrow, and it's like it's, it's so different from how we've seen him in the other movies. You know, it's interesting. My favorite is an old man. You know, yeah, he's seen that. When, when when the movie tries to be like X Men, I think that's when it's at its worst. Believe it or not. When you know when they like. Clone Wolverine and all that, and he's got that evil counterpart. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that That's something I can imagine something... happening in one of the bad X Men movies. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah. this is so stupid. Don't do this. Just make it about Wolverine. Yeah. I, was, you know? I was like, why wasn't? Why was he? Um, why, why did they have to? I mean, I like that, that it was kind of like Wolverine, kind of like facing up to like how he sees himself as like a, a, a yeah. Um, yeah. animal. Like, but why did it have to be a clone? Like. Because well no I I like it because it's kind of a science fictiony explanation because well, it, that's it's, the thing because X twenty three is a clone of yeah. Wolverine as well but she's you know she's just being kind of grown from you know she was kind of born from a test tube kind of thing yeah um, whereas the Wolverine clone is obviously just this kind of fully created monster mm. but um. And I, but it, but it's to do. It's not really to do with the the science or whatever behind it's it. It's the, to do with the, the emotion. It. But that's yeah, the well, thing. I think this is the end of because um, I think Hugh Jackman when he did this, he said, "I'm not playing this character again. This is the end yeah, for yeah. me. It's the end for him." Um, killing that it, character. Yeah. It's such a poignant end. I mean, I don't know if you knew that um, about the whole Disney buying Fox thing at the time because I don't think it was even on the cards. So. I think it was the, the idea that um, Fox would just keep pumping out these movies, and he was like, mm. you know, it would have been depressing if he was in Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't find a way to shoehorn him in. Uh, mm. a bit but, odd, but, um, but the thing is, going back to what you were saying about like the sci-fi of it, really, I think there's a good, healthy amount of sci-fi it has with um, X-23. Is it X-23? Stop checking. Yeah, X-23. Yeah. That, but then when, like, the... I like you know the identical kind of Wolverine game. I, mean, I think the sci-fi got too silly for me, and it didn't <laughs> feel right. And that's why I mean, it's like it became too much like an X-Men film when it's not. It's not an X-Men film. It's associated with the X-Men movies, but it's really its own thing. It's wearing yeah. its clothes oh, yeah. very lightly, and it's like. It's, I think it was cool. I I, I think it's a neat scene. I guess but yeah, no, so. I know what you mean. It, 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 I it guess is I guess what what it is it's like it's trying to establish its own identity, but is still stuck with the X-Men movies hmm. a little bit. 
And there's a silliness that he's trying to break free on while also being poignant and, like, you know, serious. And I, that, that whole time I watched it, I was just like, you know. And Daphne Keen, I want to give a little shout out to. She's the girl who plays X23. And um, is it his she's, serials? Yes, she's awesome. She's uh, Spanish, Spanish British, I want to say. So she speaks Spanish fluently. So it's great. We're seeing, you know, this, this young girl who, like, barely speaks to Wolverine at all because he can't speak Spanish. I, so. I don't, she only starts speaking like, like the third act after yeah. they, um, yeah, well, I'll, without getting into spoilers. But. I think we've passed that point. We can talk spoilers at this point. So, yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah. yeah, we forgot um, that we need to just... Oh, mm. yeah. I mean, he died in X-Men The Last Stand as well, but... Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's, that, that movie didn't happen. Yeah. It was retconned, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a huge past says it didn't happen, so it didn't happen. Yeah, so, she's incredibly expressive. Like, you could see the kind of what she was going for without saying anything, which is really cool to see in, like, a 10-year-old or whatever she was at this point. You yeah. Know? Um, does a great job. Like, um, her acting skills are on par with, like, Hugh Jackman. It's ridiculous. Like, you, it's very hard yeah, for a, a yeah. child, child actor. Like, you, know, you can see it, like... If you've seen, for instance, I can't believe we're going to mention this, so I'm probably going to be crucified, but the early Harry Potters, Danny Radcliffe and all that, like, you know, their acting's really kind of not brilliant, but they're also kids, so you can forgive that in a way. This film, Logan, is actually a remake, uh, but it's not a remake of any X-Men films. It's a remake of a Western. Mm. Um, and the Western is uh, Shane, which is an old classic Western about a... Uh, a gunslinger who turns up to town and there's, there's all this stuff going on um, between the cattle ranchers and the, the, the farmers and the cattle ranchers are like bringing in hired guns to screw people over. So Shane is brought in as, as his own kind of hired gun to protect the uh, the farmers. Mm. And um, there's Sounds a young... Like, um, seven Samurai Magnificent Seven kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a similar kind of vibe. And... and uh, there's a young boy in Shane who, at the time, was apparently considered a very talented child actor. But he's terrible. I just want to put that out there. He is a terrible actor. Um, but um, hence why I bring it up. But, um, but Shane is, you know, the young boy kind of idolizes Shane because Shane's this cool cowboy. He's awesome. It's 23 that's not time to idolize Wolverine. In fact, no, and just puts up with him. Yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. That, but that's what Shane is about, is that Shane tells the young boy, don't, please don't idolize me. There's nothing beautiful about what I do. I'm literally a killer, you know? And, and I think what's so sad about this kind of modern version of um, Shane is that it's... You know, the children are killers as well now. Like, you know, we've got to this point... Where, um... X-23 goes into the shop and she kind of like starts like taking things she doesn't understand like you have to pay for them yes. and then she, she nearly kills like the poor shopkeeper who's just like yeah you have to pay for this yeah, it's, it it's kind of reminds me of um, what was her name seven or twelve in Stranger Things what's her name Le- eleven. eleven eleven thank you I got there eventually um, <laughs> but no there is a scene where eleven also steals from a market and doesn't understand that you need to pay for this stuff because you know 
I wonder because like we used to romanticize innocence a lot more in in culture. You think of like Victorian times and like Peter Pan and that sort of thing, where like child, you know, childish innocence was kind of seen as like this thing that you know it, it doesn't get destroyed until later on. Whereas now I feel like we have a better understanding that actually, first of childish innocence doesn't really exist,、um, no. or at least. It, Just、at least it does. It tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, like kids, kids have to grow up a lot faster now than I think they've ever had to before, and I think Logan re-、uh, reflects that. Hundred、uh, percent. And and so do so does Stranger Things. You know, like the child、yeah. actors in that are amazing. You know, I think just... even like during the eighties and nineties, there were a lot of movies about children that go through horrific bullying experiences, like Karate Kid, for instance, where、mm-hmm. there was like someone. Threatening his life and you know threatening his teacher's life, you know, it's、yeah. there is a sort of understanding that like you know people are not nice in general、um, a lot of the time. <laughs> that sounded very bleak. I didn't. They came out a bit bleaker than I expected. But like, yeah, but, but now, now, it, now it's not. I didn't really、point. learn until secondary school. So yeah, like I mean, I think people understood that people get horribly bullied in secondary school and all that, and people and that you know. Not always with children. People don't have their best interests in heart. You know, it's just like, and people come from disastrous upbringings and stuff like that.、Mm. So I think that awareness reflects in the art, and it reflects in the art of Logan as well. Because like,、yeah. you know,、yeah. some children are abandoned, and in many ways, this is a, a child that's been like abandoned and left by society almost entirely to fend、yeah. for herself. And she, as you say, she has to mature very quickly because of that. And that's a very It's a very poignant, but it's a very, very sad story, a tragic story that she has to go through in the whole film. Yeah, it's 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 strange seeing it done with superheroes. Logan almost feels like one of my favorite Superman stories is is whatever happened to the to the Man of Tomorrow. Because I'm I, I should tell the audience I'm a big fan of Superman. Yes, you like, are. Like I love Superman. So、oh. Like you know that that kind of era of superhero films like this. The kind of like X Men feels more like like the original Spider Man film, but also like the first Batman film as well from 1989, and and、uh, and the original Superman film from 1978. Like, but you know these kind of cute old films. It's weird to look at X Men like that, but as we said, like the original X Men film was just this kind of dumb, fun,、mm-hmm. like, like late 90s, early 2000s、yeah. film. It's matured. It's matured. Yeah. It's something I wanted to think, bring up is I kind of miss it when films were like this. They could just focus on being their own thing and didn't、mm. have to worry about getting into like some established cinematic universe. Yeah. 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 And yeah, yeah, definitely. Logan is Logan, as you said, it is strongest when you don't place it too much into like the original X Men story. But you know. But like I said, on a kind of metatextual level, it is related to those films in the sense that it, it's it's saying we're done. This is it, guys. Like we're not doing anymore. No, 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 no Oh, it's, it's, so, weird to, it's weird to think that Logan was directed by the same guy who did The Wolverine. Oh yeah, funny, funny that. Yeah, James、okay, James Mangold.、So, um, so the next X Men films that are coming out, well, I'm not sure when they'll be, but they will be part of the MCU. Do you have any thoughts on this? 
Uh, the MCU needs to end. <laughs> That's I mean, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the MCU kind of... Overall, I mean, uh, there's some good films, but I think overall just does nothing for me. All the films feel kind of a bit the same, and it's kind of like they kind of focus more on establishing that all these movies take place in the same universe rather than what they should be focusing on, which is telling the best story you can, and then maybe throwing in some like references to stuff going on elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Although I do applaud how ambitious it is. With yeah. these X-Men film, films being incorporated, um, it's just come at too great a cost because it's come because um, um, Disney have bought Fox. And so as a result, like, Disney owns like The Simpsons, they own Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they own Alien and Predator. It's like mm-hmm. Disney now owns all these franchises. And a lot of people were just like, oh yeah, we want X-Men and Plastic, Plastic Four. Yeah. So I'm like, like what? But it's come at this big cost of like Disney now having a practical monopoly I, over the entertainment industry. I have mixed opinions about the whole thing, but I'm leaning more towards your argument there in general. I think that Disney is taking over everything. It's taking over freedom of expression over these characters, you know. Um, it's making it a, a monopoly. It's, 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 it's like a, a, they're basically taking over all these ideas of... I mean, slowly held their guns in regard to Spider-Man. Oh, yes, I applauded them for that. Yes, and, and because of them, we've got Spider-Verse. And I think, you know, there's more. There's more than the MCU, you know? You can do so much yeah. with these characters outside of the MCU. And yeah, Sam Raimi... Yeah, this is why I'm glad that um, Transformers... Because originally the Transformers comics were part of the um, Marvel Universe. I'm glad that was phased out because... Yeah. That could have led to um, Transformers being another property under Disney's belt. I'm glad it's not. Yeah. Again, also going back to what you're saying about a shared universe and all that, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first two movies, had nothing to do with the rest of the MCU. And as soon as they got kind of interwoven with the Infinity War stuff, it started to it maybe like it a bit less. Yeah. It confused the story. Yeah, and they, the they, 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 ru- they ruined Guardians. They ruined Gamora. I really... I really yeah, I really liked Guardians, and yeah, they... they it would have been like, better as the same thing. I'm just frustrated. It could have been like the next like, Star Wars. It's like... Well, like oh, that's... Star Wars came out, I mean, the Souls, we had Star Wars, we had Star- Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, yes, we can get more space movies, because yeah. I, 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 I love, like, spots like, like, I'm big into, like, Babylon 5 and Farscape and, of course, Star Wars. I was like, I want more like that. I want some yeah. great space operas. Do we want to talk about Deadpool at all, by the way? Oh yeah, let's talk about about Deadpool. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about Deadpool. What is Deadpool in relation to the the X-Men? Um, (laughs) kind of its own thing, but kind of not. Like, he's a mutant, right, I guess? He's a mutant. I I think the thing with him is, I think, because he breaks the full ball all the time, Doesn't really matter what continuity he's in, so he can jump between. He makes a joke about it, actually. At one point. Yeah. Like, which yeah. timeline does this take place in? And also, the, the he... James McAvoy one or the the Patrick Stewart one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, he takes the piss out of all, uh, Origins as well. So you know, he's basically. Um, There's a bit. I think the post-credit scene of Deadpool Two. He goes back in time and kills. Yeah. Kills, um, Ryan Reynolds before he not, does Green Lantern. Deadpool. And then, oh, oh yeah. Ryan Reynolds reading the script of Green Lantern, and you just get shot by Deadpool. It's amazing. 
It's almost kind of like a postmodern yeah. like look of the whole franchise as a whole. Oh yeah. Day. Oh yeah. And we also get Juggernauts done better than in the Last Stand. That was something we forgot to talk about. Oh. oh I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Sorry. That started yeah. from a fuck from a viral video. <laughs> And they put it in yeah. the fucking movie. Wait, was it actually was it actually a viral yeah. video before the the scene? Yeah, it was. Oh my god! That, that, that came out in like 2005, and then so they put it in the script. You can't harm me. Are you a fucking ass, dude? I know who I am. He must not know who I am. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Don't you know who I am? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. So wow. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like I, I like the Deadpool. It's not. I mean, I don't know really this much we can say about Deadpool because they're not poignant films, but they're just so funny and they like, are dumb. fun to watch. They are very fun. Yeah, and they're they basically are... a deconstruction of all the films we just talked about. Really. Yeah, there's the the fun credit sequence at the beginning, isn't it? Basically, like the love interest, the the British villain. Yeah. You know the the, the side characters, the comedy oh, character. Yeah. You know, it's isn't like that... they have fun with. Well, they're not like big superhero. It's kind of like a day in the life of Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's that's one thing I really enjoyed about it is that it's not again, it's not a big event film. It's yeah. just is it there a Deadpool, scene? Deadpool like rescuing his girlfriend or something. You know, it, it's fine. It, that's all you need. It's like a comic book story. Isn't there a scene where like Deadpool wears a, like Hugh Jackman's face like? As a, like, yes. while doing a kiss scene or something like that. It's just like, for God. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he referenced to, um, pleasure himself or something. I, I, I like oh. the fact that he, he does an Australian accent for Wolverine, because, um, obviously Wolverine's Canadian, but, yeah. uh, but I, I like that he references oh. the fact that Hugh Jackman it, is Australian. Before they did the animated in the 90s, they did a pilot in the 80s called Pride of the X-Men, and for some reason, Wolverine is Australian. You left before I could properly welcome you. Welcome her! Wait, she's not drawn in the X-Men, is she? She's just a kid! Also, like, Josh Brolin <laughs> is both in Infinity War as Thanos and as uh, Cable in Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a joke about that, he's like, Oh, shut it, fan, or something. <laughs> it's so amazing. And also, like, one thing I thought was interesting, in the comics, there's a, all right, in the Marvel comics, like, franchise, there's a difference between a mutate and a mutant. So a mutate is something like Spider-Man. They got their abilities from external means. They got radiation, like, poisoning, or, like, you know, Fantastic Four, cosmic radiation impacts them. So they're not technically a mutant. A mutant has to be born with their abilities. But in uh, Deadpool's actually a mutate. So what they did in the comics is that they took Wolverine's abilities from Weapon X and somehow implemented it on Deadpool and uh, made it twice as strong. So he had like a, a, two, a healing factor was twice as fast. But in the films yeah. they don't do that. They they just say like you got a mutation, so we're going to accelerate it or something like that. Yeah, well then you know that's 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 what. But, you need. but they you missed don't, that. You don't need all the complicated stuff. Ah, but here's the thing. Uh, in the in comics. Deadpool always tries to join the X-Men, but because he's a uh, mutate, he can't, because... Uh, but in... Wait, the X-Men are racist? What? Yeah, they discriminate against <laughs> mutates. That's so weird. Why? Which also brings me to my next point. The whole point. thing is anti-racism. And that brings me to my next point, my favourite quote in the whole of Deadpool 2, was like... I think at one point he says, like, the whole X-Men is like a dated metaphor for racism or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like, we haven't even, we haven't even talked about that. But there's, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I do kind of, 
I kind of got where they were going for with the better four, but at the same time, you make, it makes sense why humans would fear these things because they can literally like, like Magneto is fucking dangerous. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. quite work. There's a good scene at the beginning of the first X-Men movie where they're saying like, well, why should we like allow respect to these mutants that can literally walk into your house or walk into a bank? Like walk through walls and stuff like that, read people's um, minds. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I was watching the movie. I was like, you know what? I kind of agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the um, it's the Incredibles situation, isn't it? Yeah. Where they, where they, they ban um, superheroes. We'll get on to the novel. It's something you um, noticed about Legend of Korra, which kind of puts him off. Uh, oh we'll, yeah. Let's, I We'll, we'll leave that for another time, my opinion. There'll be an Avatar episode. We've all seen but, it. So. Yeah, I, I, I've got mixed feelings about it. I think, my, well, my biggest problem is, is people always bring up the Malcolm X and Martin Luther King thing, and I really wish they wouldn't, um, <laughs> because Magneto is not like Malcolm X. I don't care that people compare the two. They are not similar. <laughs> Malcolm X did not lift up the Golden Gate Bridge with telekinetic power. We should, actually, so, should, we should right. include the piece, we should include the piece you wrote on Malcolm X, actually, in the description, because it's quite good, I think. Oh, uh, uh, no, if, you if, if, you, if, you're, if you're up to it. It's, it's, got, it's got nothing to do with X-Men, but sure, it's, it's mainly about Malcolm X. I mean, X, it is, because so I've um, always been, I mean, when I grew up, I was always taught that Malcolm X was the evil antithesis of uh, Martin Luther King. In school, I taught um, this. And yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. saw this, and you know, X Men was a uh, perpetuated that a little bit. Like yeah. Magneto is yeah. Malcolm X, the bad civil rights opponent, but really, it's a bit more greyer than that. It, there's a moral yeah. greyness to it. So yeah, it, I, think, I, I mean, I, I do it, understand. I, I understand the basic level of it is that you know, Martin Luther King, his whole thing was like peaceful protest, whereas yeah. Malcolm X was more about like you know, if a police officer attacks me. I will fight back. I will not, you know, let's, you know, I won't let dogs be set on me or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's a big difference between, you know, because I would love to see an X-Men story where Magneto was more along those lines where he's like, yeah, I'm perfectly happy to, like, live my life as long as you leave me alone. That's what means. Like, uh, Magneto's portrayed as trying to take over he, the world. He's a, he's a, ter- he's a terrorist <laughs> in in the films. He is. Like, yeah. you know, his whole thing is like, you know, at the end of X-Men 2, his whole thing is that he mind controls Professor X to try and kill the entire human race. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a line to be crossed and oh, they I'm cross it with, yeah. with, um, it's a great scene, you know, and I love Magneto doing it, but I just like, please don't compare Magneto, yeah. this Marvel villain to a real-life civil rights leader. Of course, yeah. <laughs> who, like, you know, I, you know, I'm not, like, you know, we were all taught that. I think that's the crazy thing, is that all of us as kids were told, oh, yeah, Magneto is Malcolm X and Professor X is yeah. Martin Luther King. Like, we were all taught that, and it's like, please stop teaching kids that. It's not accurate. And again, like, Deadpool not... takes the mick out of that. It seems a dated metaphor. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And, I, and, like... and I'm glad that they mentioned that. Uh, so yeah, we've gone anyway. through, we've gone through, <laughs> we've gone through the main movies, we've gone through the Wolverine movies and the new trilogy and the Deadpool movies. Is there any other ones we've missed? Or... Um, new yeah, mutants. Well, no, that's a new mutants, though. And I'm not sure if it's even worth talking about, though. Um, like... Ma- Ma- Macy Williams is in it, 
that's what I know about the But like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's I a lot of movies, like, the, 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 the Super Mario Brothers Brothers had, like, Dennis Hopper in it, and it's still terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that having a decent actor is going to change. And the Thunderbirds movie had Ben Kingsley in it. Yeah. yeah. He's awful in that movie. He is terrible in that film. Being, Thunderbirds um, is going to be, I think, in a couple of weeks, any, not a couple of weeks, a couple of episodes down the lines. Oh, so yeah. we'll talk about it then. Is that the film or the or the the TV, the TV series? But we will touch okay. on the film. Sweet, I can't so, wait for that. That'd uh, be good. So, um, what would you say our favourite film in the series is? So, Ooh, that's a good one. That's really um, tricky. That's a good question. Oh, um, it, with Deadpool's included in everything, like every single one in this franchise, would you say? Yeah, I guess. Um, All right. Hmm. Um, I am going to say Logan. Okay. Cool. Okay, for me, um, it's really hard because I'm torn between X-Men 2 and First Class, but um, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, let's go with First Class. That's good you said that because I'm going to say X-Men 2. So hey. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in a good, good balanced thing there. We've all picked the, the better film, so I, that's good. I also have a question for you all. If you had a mutant ability, what would it be? Oh, hmm. I, I quite like the idea of... Um, I don't know, um, I think it's, it's, it's hard, the, uh, maybe flying or invisibility. I mm. love the uh, like generic person, just being able to fly would be cool and like, be, be able to like, just like vanish and like, see if anyone notices. Oh, like, I, I don't know if, um, I guess I'll just say, I want to be Nightcrawler. I want to have um, the teleporting abilities. Oh yeah, teleportation, so I mean, um, I know it's a bad movie, but um, Jump, I like how the teleportation worked in that movie. Oh, yeah. That was an alright film. People, people like treat it like crap, but it was okay. Yeah, I only saw it in a cinema once, and I might need to rewatch it to see if it's any good. And maybe even read the book that that it was based on. Okay. And well, mine, I think I'm gonna be Ice Guy. Do you know why? Because the <laughs> you want to no, be called Ice Man. I want to be Ice Ice Man. Yeah, yeah, Ice Man's ability, but Mister Freeze is not Mister Freeze. Because do you know? Do you know why? Because the amount of stop motion animations I can make with that ability would be incredible! Seriously! That would, that would be cool. That, I could just like make these like little moving ice sculptures, imagine that. Yeah, as um, always, we are on social media. So on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at BluecastPod. You can also email us at bluecast.outlook.com. And also, please be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's because it really helps us out. So tell us what you want from the show. What do you want us to review? We might have it on the list, but we can maybe boost it forward if, if there's popular yeah. demand for it. Yeah, yeah. you could like post uh, a little call out for ideas, you know? Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things we agreed we're not going to talk about, but we, I won't say what they are now. But. So the next episode, I think, because we've we've kind of changed things up a little bit, but the next episode we're doing will be Resident Evil, one of my favourite uh, video game uh, series of all time. We shall be discussing Resident Evil One. It might be. We, I'm sure Rob will want to discuss too. Don't worry, we'll we'll discuss yeah, a bit of two. I think we're gonna will be on episodes eventually. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna favorite games of all time. We're gonna discuss one because that uh, it gives James some time to actually play any of these games. Uh, So tune in next time for Resident Evil. No, you didn't say in the voice.
Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. I, I'll say that again quickly. Wait, wait. Should, um, we, should we all say it at the same time? Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. Take care, guys. Until next time. Thank you for fast, listening. Do so well. Yeah. Love you all. Goodbye. Bye.